Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up, and welcome to Social Jello with Angelo. Today I am here with John, the Pitmaster Hackleman, Anthony Mealy. And Mickey Lopez, D-Sal Boxing Academy coach, and Anthony coming out of Kajakimbo, Boston, the pit master coming out of the pit. Today, we're going to be talking about a few different topics, but uh, everyone, you want to go do a quick round, introduce yourself real quick? John Um, Ackleman, pit master. Tony Mealy, I do Kajakimbo in the Boston area. Um, I train under uh, some guys from Springfield. Uh, Robert Dutilli is my teacher, and under Rick Kinji, uh, under the um, Rick Kinji. Yeah, under the Leoning uh, line. It's a guy from. Uh, he's from LA, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, what's the name of that town? Where uh, where Chuck did his last fight in? Inglewood. Yeah, yeah. Inglewood. Yeah, Inglewood. Inglewood. Uh, yeah, I've talked to him a couple of times. Sonny, Sonny, he has a guy, Sonny. He has a student, Sonny, Sonny something. Sonny Be- Be- Beasley? Beasley? Yeah, yeah, Beasley. Beasley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I interviewed Sonny. A few he's episodes. come over here. He's come, he's, he drove up to my gym once. And he did, he came. Oh, that's cool. Nice, cool. yeah. We're Kaja Kemba. We're Kaja Kemba from way back. Vicky Lopez, uh, Rhonda Steller, Gaylord Method. Good evening, guys. Good evening. All right, so we got our introductions out of the way. Um, On the roster, I have a few different topics. But uh, let's open up. Let's open up with with the one that, uh, that, that John mentioned. Sparring versus drills. This is an interesting one. Uh, some people believe that, uh, some camps, MMA camps, as well as Kaju Kembo schools believe that, uh, the best way to go is full contact. There's no way your guys are going to get better if they're not banging. Banging is what we say in Kaju Kembo when you decide to go all out with very, very little rules to stop it. We do three on ones, two on ones. And then as stuff has evolved, some people believe that perhaps maybe drills would be a little safer and maybe hold back on the sparring because of uh, what is that traumatic brain injuries to avoid injuries before fight. That's the question, which, which approach um, is, do you believe is more effective and why? And uh, since John was the first one that kind of brought this up, I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch to you. What are your thoughts? Um, I think I'd say the majority of the people um, that say it should be harder, hardcore, you know, little train like you fight and yada yada have never had to really spar hard. They don't even fucking know what it's like. You know, I mean, I can't think of any, I'm not bragging because I'm not really smart. There's a lot of, I'm not, you know, I'm not good at a lot of shit, but coming up, I don't know anyone, anyone that has sparred as hard as we did coming up. I don't know anyone. Because I, I could go back to 10 years old. You know, nobody can deny Walter Godin, who used to beat the shit out of us. Okay. And then his guys, like, I don't know, one of them knocked out Monster Man Eddie. One guy knocked out Joe Lewis. 
you know, we had Victor Raposo, uh, we had Teddy Limos. We, I mean, we had some hardcore guys when I was a kid. Then I got a little older and started training. I'm training at Benny the Jets, okay? Benny the Jets, we'd spar like we're fighting minus the shin pads. We weren't even allowed to wear shin pads when we sparred. So, okay. Then I come up, start the pit in 1985, and I'm like, man, this has to be the real thing. I'm going to take Kaji Kempo and I'm going to make it like 10 times more realistic. Take out Katas, take out Forms, take out Tayokas, take out Grab Arts, take out Punch Tricks. I'm just going to make it realistic. But you got to be real. So we used to beat the shit out of each other. Then we get guys like Chuck Liddell coming in. And we're, imagine every class sparring like two or three rounds full on with Chuck. So. <laughs> Our belt testing, I mean, our green belt best belt testing was, you know, consisted of like 10 minutes of anything goes sparring with new guys being thrown in. So when I say this, I know what it's like on the other side. But now that we don't do that, my guys are every bit as tough. They just don't get punched in the face all the time. So it, not worrying about, not even worrying about traumatic brain injury or whatever, it keeps your students more. It's more fun to not, and it's just as good. It's just as good. I can, I can prove it, you know, I can name like 20 fights to prove what I'm saying, but it's just as good for the street or for the cage. And, um, Anybody that thinks all the guys that tell me it's not, they've never they've never gotten punched in the face by five minutes with Glover and five minutes with Chuck Liddell, like I have. So I know what that you know broken nose and getting the shit kicked out of you is, but it doesn't have a place anymore. It just doesn't. You're not going to get tougher. You don't get tougher as a night fighter by getting continuously stabbed, right? <laughs> You're not going to become a better cop. By getting shot in the chest all the time, it just—it doesn't—it doesn't make sense. So you don't get better, you don't get tougher, you just get a little loopier upstairs. But it, and the main thing to me is it's not as fun. So when you take that out of the equation, people aren't going to want to train as much, so they won't get good at anything. So at least you know it, it chases away kids and adults and. And it doesn't make you have a tougher school. It just makes you have a, I don't know, punchier school. Too much? No, that's that's good. That's good. Uh, But uh, before I move on to to Coach Mickey and and Tony's answer to this, what's the alternative? When you talk about drills, um, can you give like a concrete example of what kind of drills you feel still instill that? Um, I think, okay. So like a kata is like 20-something moves of crazy movements and stances that mean nothing. But with my drilling, don't the, my drilling is like don't. a couple techniques here and there, and then they go back and forth with it just to get it in their, in their, um, get it in their muscle memory. You know, like I have to do a one-two skip, liver kick, tie clench. You know, something they're going to do in a fight. Because if you go one, two, three, and then four, five, six, that's seven, eight, nine. That's not realistic. 
because the fight is always moving. It's dynamic. It's ever-changing. You can't predict all these different moves. He's going to do this, and then I'll do this. You have to just go do your thing, and then and then the, the, the back and forth with that drill, okay? And then sometimes we'll do free, free sparring where they're allowed to touch up the face a little bit. Like, well, I'll give a, I'll give a percentage, you know, like 1% to the face, 90% to the body. Go. You know, and then they just, because if you don't do anything to the face, they'll only block the body, and then they'll get in a bad habit. Like Kyoshishin guys, they spend 99% just punch each other in the body. So when they do throw that head kick, right. it's just, they don't even try to block it because their hands are down here 99% of the time. So we do jab, we do touch the face at a really light percentage, or even just right to the face. So they have to keep their hands up, um, and we do that. So I'll do a drill, like four punches and a sprawl. They'll do four punches, the guy will take a shot, the guy will sprawl over and over. Then I'll have like a combination and a shot. So do a combination, take the guy down. Then the guy gets up, he does it to him, and they go back and forth. Then I'll say, all right, freestyle, jab to the face, uh, and, and, and um, you know, attack the body. So they're only allowed to jab to the face, but then they can attack the body. And then they'll do that for a little while. Then I'll give them another set of drills. And I usually do my drills in five-minute increments with one-minute rest in between. Okay. Something like that. That's good. That's good. That's a really good concrete example. All right. Tony, what are your thoughts on uh, on fighting full contact or, or drills? Wh which one do you prefer and why? I, I, I completely agree with, with John, um, except except he, he, he goes a little too tough on Kata. But um, on, um, on the fighting, I'm like if you're, if you're too hard contact, uh, I, I think one, one of the things about Kajukembo and I think self-defense, there's some value in knowing what it's like to get hit. Like if you get police officers that are in the academy and they've never been in a real fight and now they're on the street and then they get hit, they might overreact. So they're like in, in Vermont, they were in training. They, they were, they were punching the, you know, the academy, the cadets trying to get them used to what it's like to get hit. So I think there's some value to knowing I've been hit um, I've been hit in a certain way. I've been injured in a certain way. And I, and I know I could, I, it's not the end of the world. I can get past that. Um, but that's doesn't mean that you're going to spar hard all the time. That's crazy. You, you know, getting hit in the head um, and getting hit hard in the head again and again, doesn't make you stronger. It just can, you know, it just pecks away at you. It just hurts you. Um, the, the thing about sparring too hard is I think, you're also not going to get the reps that you need. You're going to get injured and you're not going to practice as much as you'd want to practice. You're going to get bad habits. You fight based upon um, being afraid of getting hurt. Um, and you're not going to try new stuff. If you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to work out a new combination and you're sparring against somebody in class and they're taking your head off, you're going to go back to whatever's easy or you're going to go back to getting out of the way and that's it. Um, so I think, I just don't think it's valuable. Um, as far as the drills, absolutely. You know, um, if you can focus on the drills, now you got the reps, you're not getting bad habits, you're trying new stuff, and, uh, and then you're drilling in those things. As far as kata, I mean, you know, kata, kata addresses different things. 
Um, it's not pop locking and it's not stuff that's meaningless. Uh, we're we're kind of like, well, we can talk about that later, but no, it's we're, we're going to get, we're gonna get back to that. We're going to get back okay. to the captain. <laughs> I have a question just, just for that. We're going to have a whole segment for that. But, um, but yeah. Okay. So did, is there anything else you want to add about uh, sparring hard versus, versus drilling? Tony? No, no. I think it's, um, I think drilling's better. I think sparring light is better than sparring hard. I think sometimes you have to spar hard. Sometimes you want to get in a real, real match or even a street fight, maybe once or twice in your life. Maybe that's good, but no, you're going to just hurt yourself if you keep on sparring hard. All right. Mickey. Yeah, I agree with uh, uh, both you guys. You know, I think there is a, a time and a place for it. Um, I believe that you have to go at fight speed, you know, um, and you, you got to see how your athlete behaves when they get hit. Now, considering that, you know, if they have had a lot of fights, you know, then then we go to drills. But if you're having a total uh, green newbie, you got to see how they react because if they're getting cracked in their face, maybe they're not ready to fight. Maybe they shouldn't, you know, drill a little bit more because, you know, a lot of people getting hit for the first time is not a fun experience. So they got to kind of see how they behave. Um, that's that's what I think. Um, but yeah, there's a time and a place, you know, make sure that it's all geared up. And, you know, a lot of the times too, they're, they're tough. They'll, they'll tell you that they've never had a concussion or something like that. And they get cracked and all of a sudden they, you know, crash into a tree or something crazy like that. So again, brain trauma is huge, especially in MMA and boxing. I mean, go ask Billy Joe Saunders what he thinks about that. I don't know if you guys saw the last Canelo fight, but, you know, as, and you know what? As I get older, you know, we tend to be a little smarter. You know what? I'm not that 18-year-old kid that will recover the next day, you know, and, and I'm sure, uh, you know, John, that when you're training um, Glover, that you're watching his, his sparring a lot and you're making sure he doesn't get hurt before his big fight. So it's all, you know, it's all seasoning. It's all tuning up. It's making sure, you know, you have that checklist of, hey, you're dropping your hands. That's what drills and, and sparring and training is for. All the mistakes to be made during training, you know, th then go out there and perform. And that's, you know, my two cents. You know, make all the mistakes in training. If you're getting jumped or the body shot, then you need to fix that. If you're getting kicked, you need to fix all that. So, you know, and, and again, you know, the old school Kajukemo days are over. And if you look at all these old school Kajukemo guys, they can't even walk anymore. They're in wheelchairs. They're all hip replacements. Bro, you know what? I want to do this and work <clears throat> with my athletes as long as I can. But, you know, and, and I take it from them. You know, um, this is a, a lifestyle. This is not like, hey, let's go bang each other up and have a beer after. We can, but, you know, it's going to pay dividends in the long run. So that's my two cents. I think, I think um, the getting hit, and I, I, you know, I've been around again, been doing this fight, fighting. So I was training since 70, and I've been actually fighting and training fighters in the ring, cage, mat since 74. So that's a long time. Um, you're not going to get used to getting hit. You don't, you don't have to know how they respond because I'm telling you right now, when somebody gets rocked, 
they're rocked. And the more you get rocked, the easier it will be to rock you. Some people do not respond well to a fight, a punch in the face. So then you see that, then they'll, they'll always respond the same way. Then you're not going to get better at getting hit. You're not going to get used to getting hit. You're not going to know what it's like to get hit because you're going to get rocked. You're going to have a concussion. So it's like knowing what it feels like to get stabbed. Well, I should try it over here more because you never know. Some people can get hit. Some people can. Um, some people have a chin. Some people don't. Some people have a chin, then they don't anymore. You never don't have a chin and do, but sometimes you do have a chin, then don't. Um, but but that's it's, it all comes in your heart. Like the old Kaja Kempo, you know, animal, animal uh, instinct and, and stuff like that. But that guy will never make it in fighting, the guy that doesn't want to get hit, and he'll always do that. He'll, you're not getting used to it, then he does that the first time he gets hit. Then all of a sudden, the second time, he doesn't do it as much. Then pretty soon he gets used to it. No, you can tell the first time. I, uh, you can tell the first time when someone can take a punch and then they come back. What does help that, though, is the repetitive drilling over and over with a partner and on the bag. Because when somebody gets hit and they get rocked, it has to be second. It has to come out of their muscle memory. They have to go on autopilot once they get hit. Because I don't care how much, how well you get hit, if you don't have it drilled into your muscle memory, then all of a sudden you're going to go back to just pawing away and getting knocked out. But if you drill all the time and it's your muscle memory, then you get dropped or you, drop or you get rocked, then you come out natural swinging. Like, uh, like when uh, Pat Berry fought uh, Nagano, not Nagano, but uh, the guy from France. The big, the big guy from France. Um, anyway, they had that brutal fight. They were both on autopilot, but they were so good. They were dropping each other. They were completely concussed. So they were just going on natural, you know, instincts. But they were, they've been kickboxing for so long. They're both kickboxing champions. Congo, Czech Congo. Um, Pat Berry fought Czech Congo, and they dropped each other like two or three times each, they were so rocked, but they're both very, very, very experienced kickboxers who've been drilling their whole life. So they were still swinging like they weren't hurt. And, you know, that, so that to me, that's more important than learning or seeing how it gets, how it feels to get hit because to feel like you get punched in the face, that's one thing, but then now feel like it, you get punched in the chin and you get rocked. You can't get ready for that. You can't prepare for that. Once you get rocked, you're rocked. And, and there's no, you know, there's nothing that's going to bring you back except for time. John, is there a way you can drill your chin? Do you have any drill to no, strengthen your chin? Never. No, you got, it's like having your, it's like, a, it's like a virgin, like a virgin, a virgin girl. You know, once she has sex, now she's not a virgin anymore. It's the same. We say, you know, virginity, but the chin is the virginity. Virginity. <laughs> so if you, once you get tagged, um, you're either going to either have it or you don't. Like Chuck. Well, let's use Chuck, for example. Chuck had a rock, rock chin. So he could take it and then give it and then knock people out. 
right? But then towards the end of his career, he still had that style. He didn't want to give it up, but his chin it starts whittling away. You only have so many knockouts in you or so many concussions in you, and then you start losing it. So he started losing his chin, so his style didn't work anymore. And since he wasn't willing to adapt his style, he lost his last six fights, right? But you can't train a chin. You either have it or you don't. And if you Not don't like- have it, you never will. And there's places in that um, there's a, a guy that was training Chuck in L.A. that took him to some doctor, neurologist that was going to get back his because it's not your chin that goes it's your brain it's a concussion it's just getting hit hit on the chin cracks your turns your head twists your head because of the fulcrum at a certain angle much faster than any place else on your body so the chin is the best place to hit so people say they lost their chin but in reality it's just the wiring of the brain to the muscles and that's what goes. So anyway, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. So if if one of your fighters is training for a fight and they have a weak chin, you're not letting them fight, right? No, if they don't have a chin, a good. I had a fighter that didn't really have a good chin. He came to me. He already been knocked out a bunch of times, so I knew he didn't have a good chin. But he really wanted to fight, and he was really good. So what I try to do is change his style because some guys don't get hit as much. They don't get their chin. Like uh, like Mayweather, 50 fights, 50 and 0, he's barely ever tested his chin because he's so fast and he's, he's a boring fighter and he doesn't engage much, but he wins. So a lot of fighters don't really test their chin all the time. Um, so it, it, it's... Uh, you know they they don't know it, but you'll ne- if you don't have a good chin, you know you, you can still fight and get around it for a little while, but you'll never make it to a high level. Once you make it to the UFC, they have a chin, they have a heart, they have the power, they have the skill, or they'll never get that high. Tony, you were going to mention something? No, I was I was just going to. I was I was gonna make a stup- like a funny comment about how Nate Diaz always hits himself in the chin before his fights. But, but, but they I have good chins. Both of those boys yeah. have good chins. I don't think he needs Nate. to do that. I think he already has a good chin, but he um, has a really good chin, yeah. And you never you can test your chin by getting then you get knocked out, but you can never build a chin. It's like yeah. there's not a muscle because it's not even your chin you're building. It's yeah. the neurons in your yeah. brain. You don't, you don't, you know, you, you can't build them up and make them not synapse the way they do. It's just, it just doesn't. It's a really strong argument for, for the whole nature versus nurture. It's a very strong argument towards the genetics ends of things well, when it comes to that kind of thing, right? And it, yeah. If you think about how we're getting ready for something, right? If we're training our students to get ready for something, whether it's on the street or in the, in the ring, um, if, if we're, if they're getting hit on the chin in that process, we're just decreasing their odds. They're going to make it when they, when they have that test. Yeah. yeah. No you, matter what. You, you only have, you only have so many knockouts. In you. Yeah. So for our next question, this is the, this is the hot button issue. <laughs> 
So here we go. We're gonna we're gonna go. This is gonna be the second question. Katas, katas, and pop locking. We're gonna open up with John because it's John's quote that uh, Wait. Tony. It was Tony's Wait. idea to talk about this. John's got to start with the. We got to demonstrate the pop locking first before we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um. John was quoted, uh, quoted, unquoted by Tony about a video he saw and uh, and the place that Kata has and, and this thing about. I think John says it best, so I'm just gonna pass. I, it get, on. I got kicked out. I got kicked out of doing a seminar once at a super. I almost got kicked out. People walked out. It's Super Show, the biggest uh, martial arts expo, expo in the world, and and. You know, I mean, I came out pop locking in that one. Uh, I had some good music playing. I actually had, uh, I actually had uh, what did I have? I had uh, something by Zap. I forget what it was, but it more, uh, more bounce. More bounce. Anyway, more bounce. It, no, it was uh, it was another one. But anyway, um, um, I like kata. I do love it. Um, <coughs> um, I love to watch it. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's um, I think it's a, a good uh, it's a good workout. Definitely a good workout. Um, I think it's um, I think it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Um, but what I don't I think is, and I thought this since I was ten years old, doing doing like doing a kata. <laughs> oh, that's number. Oh man, that's number five in my system. I mean, I remember. Before my system. I remember doing them at like ten, asking my instructor, like we used to call him Chief uh, Walter Godin. It's like, Chief, why am I doing this? This won't work. Nothing I'm doing equates to the street. I probably just said, doesn't make sense for the street because I was ten, so I probably didn't say equates. But I said, this just doesn't make sense. Why am I doing these moves? I'm never going to go to a guy like this, you know, or I'm not going to do this. What is this? You know, so he would just look at me. I swear to God, he'd look at me and he'd just shake his head and go, shut the fuck up and just keep doing it, okay? You want your black belt, you just have to learn them. Once you get your black belt, don't do them anymore, but shut the fuck up and walk away. So I did them all the way to black belt. And then I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it while I was doing it. And, you know, you get in good shape, but I get in good shape, shadow boxing and hitting the bag too. And that's realistic. Anytime you put more than, say, four moves together, it loses everything to, you know, it loses everything that means I'm getting ready for a fight, you know, if you put it together in a group. You know, and you choreograph it, you know, a fight is so unchoreographed, it's crazy. You know what I mean? So you want to put a combination together or a defensive move together. But once you start putting 10, 20 moves together, it's not a fight anymore. So it's a bunch of moves. So I don't mind that. But then it's just like, it was, there were so many like on one leg and we did our hand up here, then our hand down here, then like this, then like this. And I, I couldn't figure it out. And nobody could. Nobody answered could until I got a little older. And then somebody turned, said this word bunkai, right? Which, uh, which I guess it means what you're watching has absolutely no credibility 
no effectiveness, but I'm going to make something up, and we're going to, that's what it's called, bunker. and then we're going to make it up, and then we're going to put something in its place and pretend, we're going to pretend this is this. I thought you were going right? to sugarcoat it. No, no, no. So it's, it just, it makes no sense to me. But with that said, I think Kanta is beautiful to watch. And if you like it and you want to keep it, I think you should keep it as an upgrade. And then people can do a Kanta class or a Kanta competition and they keep it in the gym. But I don't think anyone else that's training should have to learn any to get a belt. Because I, I, I just think everything in my belts curriculum has to do with martial arts, like real, like somebody jumps you, you jump somebody, whatever. Everything I do in each curriculum, you know, each belt level has to do with that. So if I start vying off, like I said, I might as well get into some, you know, pop locking or something else. And because and, they're both fun to watch. They're both great exercises. They're both entertaining, but neither one of them has anything to do with martial arts. Bang. <laughs> and Godin, my instructor, when I opened my school, when I opened my school and Godin came up and tested, he helped me test Chuck and some of my other guys for Black Belt before he passed away. Um, he loved it. He said, you're Black Belt now. I said, I don't have any cocktails, you know. He goes, but I changed the name from Kaji Keppo to Hawaiian Keppo. I did that in 85 because I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be disingenuous. I don't want to be untrue to, to something called Kaji Keppo, but then I'm not really teaching Kaji Keppo. So I, had to, I couldn't even think of a name. So I finally came up with Hawaiian Keppo. So that's, where, that's when I came up with that in 85. So, sorry. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right. La, 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 la. <laughs> that was that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm gonna get beat up. If you guys could beat me up through the through the Zoom, you'd beat me up right now. I'd be like, I'm so, I'm so glad that there's a space here and I can't bob and weave I actually, I actually thought you were gonna give a, a like a serious explanation of what bunkai means, and then I almost died laughing when you said. Yeah, because there's nothing you can't be serious about the meaning of bunkai. I've looked it up. I've tried to I tried to get the the diff definition. I've asked you know Shotokan guys, kung fu guys, karate guys. Like nobody knows. They just say it's the philosophy. It means the philosophy of the move. And, and the move doesn't, a left hook doesn't have philosophy. You, you just, so, I mean, imagine if it wasn't, like, imagine if the left hook wasn't really a left hook. It's a bunkai, but it's really meaning this. But you're doing it like this. So that's how much sense that makes. All right. I think. <laughs> All right. Okay, so. <laughs> but with that said, with that said, with let that me just, said. okay, this is a, with a, a disclaimer. Um, if I, Godin died, well, before he died, I started my own system, which he was behind me 100%. He loved the pit. He said, man, come down, train with us, you know, help. He loved Chuck. He's, uh, you know, this was back in the 90s, the early, this is before UFC. 
but he used to, um, he loved what I turned Hawaiian Kepo. You know, he loved what I did. But if he didn't, if Godin didn't give me his okay, and he said, no, you got to keep Kaja Kepo, I would have. I was loyal to him. If he said, you got to keep it Kaja Kepo, I would have. Then I would have done my kickboxing career, and I would have uh, done my boxing career, and then I would have taught Kaja Kempo, and it would have been with a contest. If he told me, if he told me I had to keep him, I would have kept him. But he loved the way I branched out. He thought it was great, so I had his blessings. So I did away with them because they didn't have. It's a when they say it's tradition, it's a bad tradition. It's a tradition we need to do without. You know what I mean? Churning butter like this was a tradition on the farm too. They did. They don't do that anymore. Oh my God! This is so. That looks really bad on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward. That was so. Awkward. I'm sorry. That was so unprofessional. I'm sorry, guys. But anyway, I want to hear what? That's messed up. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to do that because I was thinking of churning butter. Whatever. Right. A tradition, a tradition. That was a tradition. Okay. To me, bowing is a tradition. Our belt is a tradition. Our gi is a tradition. You know, bowing and, and showing respect, calling our instructors kumu. That's all tradition. Our belt ceremony, which is unbelievable, is tradition. You know, that's the tradition. Godin had an ohana. He loved a family feel, even though he was a you know kind of criminal guy. But he, he made us feel like a family. So I keep that Ohana feel like this. Like Glover's gym is like that. You know, I have, I, you know, I have guys in, you know, San Luis. I have uh, a guy in uh, Arizona. They're all tight Ohana. I have a guy in Idaho, you know, guy in Salt Lake City. And it's really a tight-knit family. And that's the way Godin liked it. And so I, I hope I, hopefully I'm making him proud. I don't think he's up there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he was not a nice person. I'm telling you, I love him, but he was not a nice person. But anyway, so what do we got? So the uh, Kaja, uh, what's the Kaja uh, Kempo? I mean, so do, do you know why Kaja Kempo was made? Kaja Kempo was made to beat up white guys. You know that, well, right? What in 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 the judo and the Samoan guys too? I thought. They just no. wanted to be the white military guys that were taking over their island. I want to understand why. Why is Mickey Lopez? Why is Mickey's microphone off? I think he's trying to hide his reactions. Uh, I'm too busy. I don't. I have a really ugly. That's laugh. because he's he's, <laughs> he's Magaling. He's Magaling. He's Magaling. Yes, he's a Magaling. He's not. He's not like us. <laughs> Those guys are a little smarter than us. <laughs> but anyway, so okay, so we're going to talk about Katas now? Yeah, so Tony, uh, Tony oh, you want me to... your thoughts on, on Kata. We'll, we'll, well, we'll to Mickey last. Well, I, I think um, I, so I think you can still do some Kata without with, without losing all the other stuff that, that I agree with. I think um, I do think that there's stuff in Kata that you can learn that has value. But I do think there's some stuff that you'll never use. Um, but, um, you know, there is, a, in, my, in my experience, there's, a, there's an ability 
to um, when you work certain types of kata in a certain way, you have an ability to, to go through fighting and go through other activities without getting as injured. So it's a good, um, it's a good flexibility, like a, like a dynamic flexibility um, exercise, um, depending upon the type of kata that you're doing. Some people benefit more from it than others. And I do think, um, I do think it's, it's an art. So if I play, I played guitar in college and I had certain songs I memorized, that didn't prevent me from playing other songs. It didn't kind of hold me back. So I think um, there's some value, um, but you gotta, you have to accompany it with sparring and drills and all the other stuff. If you don't, then um, then you you fall into the stereotype of traditional martial arts not working because you got I all you got. That. I see. The only okay. The only thing I'll say about that is that's true. And that's why I think it's okay over here as an upgrade that kids want to come extra for. But to me, it takes away, it's so hard to train someone for the street, the cage, the ring. It just takes, and people are so busy now. The classes, I have to cram my classes with as much stuff as possible in that hour. It's stuff that, that I feel like is effective. So if I take, if I, if I make room for something that I feel is ineffective, um, then I, I feel like it's taking away time from stuff that's more effective. You know what I mean? So that's why I think it should be as an upgrade or as a different class that people want to do on the side. But I'm trying to teach my guys how to stay safe in the street over here or in the cage over here. And I just don't, I mean, out of that hour between the warm up drills, you know, um, you know, the, the pad work, the mitt work, the this, the bag work, you know, and then the calisthenics, which also has to be in the class. I mean, what's, what am I going to take out of there to spend time on a kata? You know, that, that's, that's my thing. And, I, you know, so I, that's where, it, that's where that an, came from. Is it analogous to this? Like, I have some friends who are incredible athletes and they're really active and they want to stay in shape. They cannot do a yoga class to save their life. Like they'll just go they'll, they'll crazy because they can't sit still for an hour. Is it kind of akin yeah. to that? You know what I mean? Like, like I just think there's some benefits to balance, to, to stretching, to, to, you know, blood flow, to like just recovery that you can get from doing a form that's like yoga. But some people just don't like it just drives them crazy. Like they feel like they're wasting their time. You know what I mean? So, so you think like after the class, instead of like Tai Chi, throw in a kata or two. Okay. Well, I think kata is like like yoga or like 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 tai chi. I think it's like um, you're working on balance. You're working on your breathing. You're working on um, you know you're working on fundamental like hip movement and and transitioning from one stance to the other. A lot of those things actually do when you squint your eyes and look back. I mean, they do translate ultimately. But um, I just see the stances. The stances I see. In 99% of the time when you're doing a kata, I just don't see that stance as, as being a relevant stance. You might that's, get some flexibility, but I mean, if I want some flexibility, I'll do the splits. Okay. That's, and that's, but there, but when you're doing the splits, the, if you're doing dynamic exercise to get flexibility, it's like yoga. Like you, there, it's a different level of benefit. Yeah. Um, like kicking the bag high. Yeah. That, Yeah. Yeah. 
but taking a bad guy is different. It's, it's not, it's not, um, it's a different pace. It's a different intensity. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I agree. I don't think you spent a lot. I should spend a lot of time on it. I just feel like there are some, some advantages that people can get from it. Yeah. So that, I mean, with that said, that would be like, I don't test my guys on the stretching we do after or the warm up I do before, you know, because it's to warm up or to cool down or to stretch out. So I don't mm-hmm. test them on that. But I just feel like uh, to throw it in and make people learn these choreographed movements and just get their mind thinking of all these movements that don't that don't help for the street. And they could be helped with some flexibility and stuff. But I, I just don't think they should be made to learn to practice not in practice to learn so they can so people have to learn them or they don't get the belt so that's i mean that's one of my big things they shouldn't be mandatory to get a specific belt just like my stretching routine isn't or my 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 uh or my warm-up routine isn't it's just there to warm my guys up you know i don't know mickey mickey oh Oh, he's gonna come at me now. Uh, I got the I got the publing over here. <laughs> I'm the publing. You're you're Palio. You know what? You know what? I see both sides of the fence. Um, we do study a martial art, and there there's a there's a place for it. I know a lot of Kajukema schools that are just focused on their forms. They don't spar a lot, and you know, they do their forms. They look great at their forms, but they couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag, you know? Yeah. So now I, do I know the forms? I, I did it to get my black belt. Now, you know, Ron, I love you. And he gives me a lot of heat um, because I just am not passing it on because I don't feel there's golden nuggets in some of the forms, but it doesn't feel right to me. And, you know, I get cheap. I get a lot of heat for that, you know, especially for, uh, from Ron, but you know, I, I, it is what it is. I, 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 I think about performance. I think about if I am going to warm up, I'm going to shadow box. I'm going to kickbox. I'm going to jujitsu, whatever. Um, but the, to me, the forms is within the forms of my jab, I make, you know, if I have beautiful form, that's the way I'm going to perform. That, that's my thing, right? Or we call it Carenza. When I do FMA, I'm pretending like I'm really going what I'm going to do. You know, this is my form. But as far as <clears throat> we're trying to pass on a tradition, I, I get it. But that was back in the 40s. You know, and, and Kaji Campbell is meant to evolve now. John, I'll, I'll never tell you that your double doesn't taste good. Anthony, Angelo, it, it, we all cook different. And if you want to throw out the forms, by all means, I, I think we have that right as black belts to do what we want to do with the art. And, and I think, um, you know, I, again, I, when, when Ron sees this, I just, man, I just can't do it. I, I just, you know, I, I'm not going to have my hands by my belt line. And I think muscle memory is a big thing. You know, again, maybe if they change it to where our hands are up or something, I, maybe. But, you know, the movements are too long. 
you know, maybe three or four movements at that, you know, but that, that's just me. I, you know, I love Kaju Kembo with all my heart. I still practice it. it it's, it's it, you know, it's my mindset. It's in my heart, but if I'm going to pass it on, I can't pass on what I don't believe in my, that that's, that's all I got for that guys. So <clears throat> I usually, I'm going to add a little something because me, me and John have talked about this before. And uh, from the perspectives I'm seeing, I've, I've, I've seen both, like, since we are, I think it's important to, uh, what I love about Kaju Kembo is that we can have these differences. Oh, if we did something like Kyokushin Karate, we wouldn't be able to have this discussion. We wouldn't be doing Kyokushin Karate anymore, all of us. If one of us disagreed that we're going to be doing this way, we'd just be kicked out. It'd be that simple. Like, oh, you're not going to use the Forza Mother, you're out. Then you're no longer doing what we, and they're really strict. I'm out in Japan. They're very strict about that. You know, you come out and they, they get mad about you using the word karate. So when they heard, oh, you do Kajikembo, what's the cost stand for? Karate? Immediately they were like, that's not karate. Immediately. Because the way they do karate is this very specific way that may actually not translate into fighting. So I could totally get the idea of the bitterness towards forms. From my perspective, when someone comes into my place, I just follow whatever goals they have. And I think that's what John's getting at too. Like we shouldn't be part of the testing. But again, since I do, I'm more go, going off the Kaju Kembo thing. What I'm looking at is I don't know when someone walks in, what exactly they want out of me, why they walked in through that door and whatever that is, I'm going to follow. Like right now I'm training a boxer. He's a professional boxer who wants to get into kickboxing. He does not want to do any grappling. He came in cause he had, he wants to do a kickboxing match in six months. I'm not going to waste my time teaching him any grappling because he doesn't need it because he's not going to use it. He's not going to use it. If he asks me later for grappling, great. We'll teach him grappling. But right now what he wants and what he needs is to get ready for his kickboxing match. So we're just doing kickboxing drills over and over again. And then I'm showing him he's also done some karate. So I said, okay, we're going to go over some stuff like stuff, stuff they don't use in, in kickboxing that you can use if you want to use it like a sidekick. But again, your fundamentals are going to be kickboxing. So it really depends. And then I have other people that come in that say they really like kata. And if you want to do kata, again, but again, my, my boxer, kickboxer guy, I train him in the mornings. If he comes to a Kaja Kembo class on a Tuesday or a Sunday with the guys that want to do Kaja Kembo and want to do some forms, I warn him, they're going to be doing some forms. You don't have to do that. You don't want to do forms. Go work on a combination on the bag while they do their forms, and then we'll come back and we'll move on to the next part of class. But I also agree with John. The time management thing is really big, right? You only have one hour, and you don't want to waste your time doing something that's not equal to the goals of the people that are in there. And that's where, that's where forms become a problem because many people come in, they don't want anything to do with forms. So if someone tells me that, there should be a space for them and I shouldn't have to waste their time, waste everybody's time and showing them something that, like, like John did, he got rid of it later anyway. So, <laughs> but I get it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I do, I yeah. do like both. I had a, I, when, I tore my, uh, when I tore my LCL in my last grappling match, I could barely walk. And the one thing I could, I, could, I tried to do shadow boxing. I couldn't even stand straight for that. So one of the last things I could do was forms, even though I hate them so much. So it was something I did till my LCL got better. And then I got back to my regular training and life went on. So, I mean, there is things yeah. you can do with it. Is it, should it be part of the primary curriculum? I agree. It shouldn't be part of the primary curriculum. It shouldn't. It's a, it's a waste of people. And, and when you say, and when you say martial art, you know, an art, um, you know, the, the word art is followed, I mean, it, it follows martial. So it's just an art, it's like a, it could be like a running art. So we just run, 
It could be a swimming art, you know, an art form of swimming. So martial, meaning warlike, means it's an art of warlike movements. I don't see any of that as warlike. I see fighting someone as, as warlike. So I feel like the word art, martial art, if you go, well, you know, boxing's not a mar- Yeah, it's a martial art. So is grappling, so is uh, wrestling, so is kickboxing. They're all martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. Some are sports, some are for the street, but they're all martial arts. So it's like, uh, so it's like when you, you don't have to be fancy and do like different things to be a martial artist. You don't have to, now all of a sudden you don't have to be an artist. Like you're not painting, you're not dancing, you're not, sure. you know, you're not doing a sculpture. That art means fight. So you now you're doing martial arts when you're fighting someone. So the word art is kind of, some people kind of get weird about that word. Like, well, it's a martial art. It's different. You're supposed to be really kind and like Miyagi and do stuff like that and da da da. But you guys are just fighters and you're just, you know, scrappers or whatever. But that's what a martial artist is. I know, but John, John, this is the, the this is the way I see it. You're you're not wrong for deciding to take it out. And obviously, time management's a huge thing, especially in American culture, and especially the way class times are are shorter than they used to be. Um, but I, I I view it like like Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen did classical training, and he did some classical music. You could hear that in, in his playing and as a guitar. If there's a martial artist that does more form, it's you're going to see elements of that, and it's going to affect how they are in their other stuff. Part of how you're wired is based upon the fact that you had to do all those forms. Your students are going to be a little different than you for that reason, I, I think. It doesn't mean that it's something that they're not losing. I don't think they're losing, but I think there's going to be an element of that. If, if you're a jazz player and it comes in the history of jazz includes certain classical elements that you didn't directly study, there's still an element of that in you. So I, I guess what I'm saying is we're all right, I think. Yeah, I just think I think, but if I went in, I had a, I had a, I had a, a, a guitar contest coming up, which is a street fight on the street. So I had a guitar, you know, competition right. well, coming up in, in a year, and just like a fight. So my guys that come mm-hmm. to me, I got a fight coming up, whether it's on the street or in the cage. There were so right. if he went, if he had a guitar thing, I'm not gonna say, all right, come over here. I gotta get you well rounded, so I'm gonna. Here, work the drums for a while first. It's like, well, I got a guitar competition. I don't, but it'll make you have a different flavor with your drum guitar. You'll know a little more about the, but I got to get, you know, so I don't know. I just feel like it's, uh, I don't feel like it should be, I don't feel like it should be determined on what belt you get on a bunch of choreographed, memorized movements. But I think if you if people like it, they should do it. I don't think I don't think it has a really strong place in the in the core curriculum of a true martial art. But I think there is a place for it because, like weaponry, like uh, when when you do weaponry, like nunchucks, nobody's ever going to fight with nunchucks. But it's great to have them, and you can do you can do some great things with them. I love watching nunchucko guys. But if a fight breaks out and a weapon comes out, it's going to be a gun or a knife, right? But they still do weaponry, too, as kind of an upgrade. Like, if you go to a lot of these schools, you can do this, this, and this, or then you can upgrade, and you can do the Black Club Club, and you can learn weapons, right? 
So I think it should be, or you can upgrade and do the Black Club Club and learn Kata. So I think there should be a place for it if you really like it, but I don't think it should take the time away from things that are going to keep that kid from being a bully target or that adult from getting the shit kicked out of him in front of his wife and she'll never suck his dick again the same. Oh, I did not, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so quick, sorry. Guys. So, look. I, um, I'm so when, sorry. I, I got a few of my favorite martial artists when I was coming up. Um, Andy Hoog, GSP, Lyoto, you know, Steve Wonderboy. Look, guys, they, they all practice kata, but they also made their martial art work for them in the ring. I mean, Andy Hook's axe kick, he was cracking people's faces. And when I was watching him K-1 growing up, I was like, holy crap. And I saw him do kata. And I think a lot of people, um, when first Lyoto first jumped onto the MMA scene, you know, he was doing a lot of, like, kata movements that he was making it work, though, John. So I would like say. Like what? Like what? I, I saw him blitz. That way he blitzed. That's you a know, blitz. We do blitzing. Oh, no. do blitzes. That is not do kata. A blitz. Oh. Saw, well, the way he did his kata. I see some movements. I mean. Because um, he has to do his forms. Because that's all he did. Let's not forget. He didn't just have an hour twice a week. Well, he had I'm to train like, eight hours a day. I know his dad. So he, yeah. he had to learn that stuff. He didn't <laughs> right, do it because he right. wanted to. And yeah. I've never seen a kata-like movement. Wait, wait, can I say something? As a, I'm a lawyer, and I think I think John is kind of like a lawyer of martial arts coaches. <laughs> I think I am. I'm a wannabe lawyer. Oh, so, so, Mickey, don't argue with him. Just don't do it. No, no, I, you know what? Again, I, I mean, you know, there's, there's I, I think somewhere in there, it, it's just, it's kind of cool to see both sides. And if you can yeah. make it work, then you can make it work. That's all. If you can. I love, and to be honest, like, I don't like to argue to argue, but I truly believe these things. No, I do like to argue to argue. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. But to be honest, this kind of thing is a really, it's a strong thing for me because I'm such a big anti-bully guy and anti-get-your-ass-whooped-in-the-street guy and such a pro- I want to train my fighters to be uh, world champions. So with those three things, there's no room for kata anywhere in my training. And and I just, I, I'm so, I, I'm lucky enough to get in takedown defense on a certain day. Then I got to take the takedowns, I guess. I, you know, so I got to manage my time. Then we got to do the bag. Then they got to do the conditioning. And by the time... Sometimes I only have like five minutes left to do conditioning and I'm like, oh shit. And I, cause I, you know, I'm trying to teach them all this stuff each class. So then I, you know, I just, it's, to me, it's a thing about time and what the priority is of us as martial artists. And I don't think it's to teach a bunch of choreographed movements that have no effect in the street, including the blitz. Sorry, that was a joke. <laughs> and again, again, I, I was a joke. <laughs> the, it, it comes down to the goals, right? What, the goals yeah. of, of the people that are walking through that door. So, like, for me, I've had people come in. I, I had I had someone come in once, like, I want to do wushu, and I'm like, 
You know, I can give you some basics and then you can go to a wushu place. Like if that's what you're looking for, I can give you some basics and then you can go to a wushu place. Am I going to grab my entire class and have them follow a whole wushu class because this one student wants to do wushu? No, please come after class. I will show you some basics of wushu, but I still encourage you. I cannot be your wushu instructor. You need to go somewhere else and find yourself a wushu instructor because that's not what I do, right? So it really comes out of the goals of the people walking in and the goals you have as their as their instructor right yeah. especially yeah that's good right well i had one more question guys but we're, the hour <laughs> just flew right by <laughs> so, i know well, i got cream i just got i just got brutalized by my uh, uh two guys <laughs> now i gotta i gotta go hang my head now my wife's looking she's watching from the side and uh thanks a lot guys because she's not gonna she's not gonna <laughs> You know what? The same way she usually does. It's, she doesn't like to see me get my 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 ass handed to me verbally or physically. Well, I, I don't think any of that happened. I, I think it was a really good a good balance of yeah, it was. for anyone for anyone listening. I hope they can walk away with um with some good points as far as what they want to do with their schools. I want to thank uh, John, Tony, and Mickey for coming out and sharing their thoughts. And I want to John, John hey, hey, how's that left hook um, Instagram thing? Is it coming along? I got like two. I got like two. I got like a bunch of looks. I mean, I had a bunch of uh, views, a, a shit ton. But uh, I'm going to do mine um, soon, sir. I'm going to do mine soon. Is this online somewhere right now? The, as we're doing, this is not the, are you talking about the Instagram video or what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, no, right now while we're talking. Oh, no, this is this is not live. This is recorded. Oh, because somebody just texted me like it looked like they're watching me. But, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of, it was a fail. I had like, I think I had like 1,500 likes or something, but not many, only two guys sent me videos of their left hooks. I'm gonna, hey, I'm going to send you mine pretty soon, sir. I just have, I've been lagging. Send me yours, and then uh, so I'll, so you can win. So I'll send you the uh, the uh, the what do you call? What is it? What hoodie? Give me my hoodie. Sure. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, guys. I'm out here. We gotta go to dinner now. All right, y'all. Have a good dinner, and for you guys. All right. Uh, All right. Mahalo. All right, guys. Catch you later. Mahalo. Peace. All right, well, that's Social Jello with Angelo. You can see my daughter hiding in the background. So we are getting to a wrap. Make sure to smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, and we will catch you all next time. Peace. Cheers, guys.